Okay, welcome to the 10th episode of Collateral Banter. It is November 26th, but I recorded it five days ago. That explains some of the delays, but I'm back at it, and I'm going to talk to you today about politics, but politics and science fiction. And specifically, I want to discuss Star Trek. Yep. I'm going to geek out on Star Trek with you, specifically Deep Space Nine, which I believe started in 1992 or 93. And there are many episodes in that series that I really enjoyed, but there's one that I really, really need to discuss. And it is third season, episodes 11 and 12, called Past Tense. It's a great episode, and it makes a lot of social commentary about the time we're experiencing right now. And this episode, past tense, filmed, produced, and created in 1995. However, their commentary on this show is about nearly nearly the era we're about to enter. So here's what happens in this episode. Um, the captain, Cisco, and the doctor, and the chief science officer are being beamed over to Earth to San Francisco, to like have a meeting, have dinner. They end up being transported to San Francisco, but not in the 24th century. No, they get transported back to the 21st century, to the year 2024. And they're in San Francisco. I know there's a whole science to it. I was actually talking to my dad about it. Um, But I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the social commentary that they make. I'm going to play some clips two of this episode that I think are is really interesting. So what happens is the captain and the doctor, by the way, two men of color, which I think is important to say, get picked up by security officials and are put away in the sanctuary. What is this place? Sanctuary district. 21st century history is not one of my strong points. Too depressing. It's been a hobby of mine. They made some ugly mistakes, but they also paved the way for a lot of things we now take for granted. I assume this is one of those mistakes. A bad one. By the early 2020s, there was a place like this in every major city in the United States. Why are these people in here? Are they criminals? You know, people with criminal records weren't allowed in the sanctuary districts. Then what do they do to deserve this? Nothing. Just people. Without jobs or places to live. So they get put in here. Welcome to the 21st century, Doctor. And the sanctuary is where people go if they don't have a place to live, don't have a job, or don't have identification. And of course, the captain and the doctor are from another century, so they don't have identification and they get placed in. So that is fascinating to me, to to really think about commentary that, that this episode is making about the future about human beings, where they get placed, if they don't fit a certain mold. And I thought in this episode they were brilliant because while they were showing you where the captain and the doctor were placed in a sanctuary, they had the science officer who is a white woman in the episode, although she's not really that, um, but that's what she looks like. She's like some alien form. She gets to experience life in the, in the also in 2024, but from a, from the privileged power perspective of a media mogul who finds her uh, on a subway, takes her in and takes care of her. And so you see how the, they're really showing you two, two 
divisions of society, sort of the elites and where everybody else is. And it is some really fascinating social commentary that is made. So as the captain and the doctor walk into the sanctuary, they're talking to each other. I want you to listen to it. I'm going to play a part of it. Once they were out of sight, what then? I mean, look at this man. There's no need for him to live like that. With the right medication, he could lead a full and normal life. Maybe in our time. Not just in our time. There are any number of effective treatments for schizophrenia, even in this day and age. They could cure that man now, today, if they gave a damn. It's not that they don't give a damn. They've just given up. The social problems they face seem too enormous to deal with. That only makes things worse. Causing people to suffer because you hate them is terrible. But causing people to suffer because you have forgotten how to care, that's really hard to understand. They'll remember. It'll take some time and it won't be easy. But eventually people in this century will remember. And what it really shows you is that how we've dehumanized human beings, how the technology that we had could have helped human beings, could have done things for human beings, but didn't. And so we threw people in who didn't have jobs, who who didn't have homes, into this confined space to live in. And the deepest social commentary and political commentary happens in this episode that I, I need to discuss. Because it isn't just about social exclusion. It isn't just about being placed inside and confined in a certain space and all of that. What happens is the captain realizes... He is days away from a pivotal moment in history, and they're called the Bell Riots. And what happens is, is one of these members, a guy in the sanctuary, ends up leading a, a revolt against the security forces. But he prevents his fellow colleagues, the revolters, from killing the security guards. He prevents the bloodshed. Now, they say in this episode, by him preventing the violence after the riots, that the people outside the sanctuary cities really respected that, appreciated that. And it actually changed public opinion about the people inside the sanctuary. Because people living outside the sanctuary, as you see in this episode, in the discussions, are making assumptions about people inside the sanctuaries. Uh, there's there's one quick commentary that, no, we don't place people in there. They're not even sure. Are people being placed? Are they not being placed? Are these people who they're being helped by living in there? And so this riot is a pivotal moment in transforming the sanctuary and breaking it down, actually ending the sanctuary, um, which is in the heart of, I think, San Francisco, you can see in this episode. But I want to go back to this bell riot. So this bell riot, the bell riots, so what ends up happening, and I think this is the deepest social commentary I, I've seen in Star Trek, is that in the episode, the guy who led it, actually, before the Bell Riots break out, he ends up getting into a, a scuffle. He gets into a, a scuffle when the captain and the doctor are in a fight with a, a bunch of gangsters who are living in the sanctuary. And the guy, Sean Bell, who, who or his name's not Sean Bell, his name is Gabriel Bell. The guy who led this pivotal strike gets stabbed and killed. So because of that, 
commentary made in this episode is that Star Trek ends up being abolished, annihilated. And of course, the captain's ship in the 24th century is still there, but they can't communicate with anybody on Earth. They can't communicate with any spaceships. They're the only thing left in Starfleet. And what that says to me is that we sometimes don't realize the power that one event has, how one individual can transform movements and can transform societies for the good and for the better, and how important that one individual acting is for the future. And so what ends up happening, and I don't want to ruin too much of the episode because I hope people watch it. Um, you can watch it on Netflix. It is, again, season three, episodes 11 and 12 called Past Tense, one and two, so it's two hours long. But it is amazing critique to say that, you know what, a, a single event led by a single person essentially needed to happen in order for Star Trek and Starfleet to exist. So what ends up happening is the captain assumes Gabriel Bell's identity and leads the riot. And I guess that changes the trajectory of, of, well, he led the riot as Gabriel Bell. He stole his ID, and that was key. So Starfleet still happens. Of course, one can make a critique that if it's not Gabriel Bell leading, the future could be altered in ways that are unpredictable, and this could get pretty complex. But I think if you watch it, you'll understand the captain essentially has to assume that role and he knows enough about history and he knows what he needs to do. He needs to prevent the bloodshed from happening. That will lead to social changes outside the sanctuary and will lead to the end of the sanctuary and Starfleet will exist. So the space time continuum is safe. Okay. I I just think that is some amazing commentary. I, it, what it also taught me is that human being who you wouldn't expect to be a leader step up at times and in, in powerful ways and lead an event that transforms human history for the better. And I think that that's really important to never forget. But also the role that nonviolence struggle, sort of civil disobedience struggle in order to capture the hearts and minds of the public is a way to transform society for the better especially in the long term. And that's what this episode really reflects, is that the way to end the sanctuary, yes, it involved the riot and taking over, taking over control of the sanctuary, but it, it was deep into, it, it essentially transformed and, and took America to a different path. Not saying that this is going to happen in six years or so, but that the commentary here about what you see in Star Trek is that it's a very fragile uh, event that led to Star Trek. It's a very fragile creation that led to it. And had that event been somehow altered, Star Trek doesn't exist. And the future is perhaps different. And maybe Star Trek wouldn't exist if the Bell Riots didn't happen. Essentially, that's where they go. And I think that that is really, really powerful commentary. It's really worth watching. This is this episode is more of an advertisement to get on Netflix and watch this episode and really think about the commentary they're making there and then the sort of the subtle remarks they're making about where we are in society. 
At the same time, though, there's this really important contradiction that I think the episode alludes to. It's that form of economic production, scientific knowledge is not capable yet of assisting human life and helping people, despite our struggles for it. And I think that that contradiction is a really difficult process to understand, right? Where, how come the technology can't be used to help human beings, to save human beings? Currently, it's done because of money, right? It's done for money and profit, something the 24th century abolishes. I mean, Star Trek's commentary is 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 stark on that. Human exploration is the reason why we exist. And I, I think that there's some really radical critiques and remarks that we should appreciate. And yeah, it is an episode that just cannot be overlooked, I think. There are many that I like in this series, but this one is really transformative. And, you know, every time I watch it and I think about the fact that one event, the leader of one event gets killed and the event still happens, but that event essentially transformed history and alters the future potential of society says something says something very fragile that we can make a mistake in the evolution and not create the things that we need to have happen in the future so i don't even know if i'm making sense i don't know but yes um do check it out if you get a chance i think it's a really fascinating episode that deserves to be discussed and hopefully people can watch it and enjoy it and make their own assumptions about it. I'm going to post an article that I read about it, but I remember watching this episode when I was a kid. wasn't smart enough to pick it all up, um, what they were saying. But as I got older and I rewatched it a couple times, I was blown away and fascinated by it, what this episode is actually saying and the meaning behind it and the sort of politics behind it and uh, the power of human beings to oppress each other and the way people are treated based on their aptitude, based on their diagnosis and mental health issues and problems that this episode discusses at all. And it, it, it is, I think, some of the best social commentary that I've seen about the future and what human beings need to do to capture it and to really have a chance at um, finding a way forward uh, that is transformative. And so I, I want to end this episode by saying that this, this episode, Past Tense, was based off the Attica Rebellion uh, in prisons. And the most fascinating, I think one of the most fascinating parts about this episode as well is that after it was being finalized, by the producers. An article comes out in the Los Angeles Times about the mayor proposing a space be designated for homeless people so that the homeless population could be removed from the downtown areas. And people in Star Trek were blown away that as they created this episode, that what was happening in real life was mirroring essentially the episode about placing people in a certain space, confining them to live there. Um, and you see a, a 
a real mix of people there. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a great episode. I think it's worth watching. It makes you think about the role of violence, nonviolence. It makes you think of the role of the sort of capitalist production. Can it meet the human needs? How much further does the technology need to develop until it can meet human needs without money? And just the fact that you're a human being gets you education, healthcare, etc., a good life, food, shelter, right? I think that that's where we're headed. Um, but the claims in this episode is that in 2024, we're still not ready for that sort of production. And I bring this episode up as well because the commentary that it makes about San Francisco is something that we're currently seeing in San Francisco. Can't tell you how many articles I have read in the last two or three years about the number of people who are homeless in San Francisco, who have serious problems uh, living on the streets. San Francisco is this epicenter of scientific knowledge and internet and production, but at the same time, there's this real social cataclysm, the social collapse for average human beings. And I don't know how we can make sense of that contradiction of that sort of emerging production and knowledge and economic growth at the same time, displacing enormous quantities of human beings and putting essentially extreme pressure on them. I'll never forget in this episode of Star Trek, when Captain assumes the role of Gabriel Bell, the lead, one of the leaders of the, the riots, he eventually negotiates with the government. And all he's asking for in, in negotiation is the full employment act to be reinstored to essentially getting people from these uh, sanctuaries employed with jobs and asking the government to assume that role, um, which doesn't seem like a very radical role at all to just ask for jobs and basic human decency, but it is it is a powerful and striking, I think definitely the most political episode that I've seen, but it also begins to tell you a little bit of an origin story of Star Trek, and that I find fascinating. Where does the origins of that history in the 24th century come from? And, the, and so, yeah, it, it is striking to see many things produced in the 90s then be replicated in the future. And I'm not here saying that in San Francisco there are sanctuaries. However, if I were to go there, and I haven't been there ever actually, but if I were to go there, I think I would see something very close to being a sanctuary in real life. And again, I, I, I come back to what can we do? What, how do we make sense of this contradictory role between development and human needs and how we need development to improve human life but at the same time human development displaces human life and that's what this episode i think brings out and it's it's shocking it's terrifying you see a lot of people and the person the two the doctor who's from the 24th century is shocked by this does it, it's too depressing for him so many people need medical help and they have all the they have the solutions to human life in the 24th century but they don't have it in the 21st they don't have it in the year 2024 and so a rebellion ne needs to happen in, in order to essentially create the conditions that eradicate human um needs human problems human societal issues. I don't know if we're ever going to get there, but I'm fascinated by it. And I thought, you know, I've discussed this with friends 
And I always liked sharing it, but I had to create an episode that eventually discussed it. So yeah, uh, it's a little bit complicated because they're traveling in space and time and doing all these things. But if you get two hours to check it out, check it out. The ending isn't all that great, but most of the episode is fascinating, especially the dialogue and conversation. So yeah, this is a quick one. I'm going to produce another episode tomorrow, um, which will also be up. But uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, It's a little different. But that's episode 10 for Collateral Banter. Check you out. Enjoy. Take care. Peace.